from the 13th chapter of Luke. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Today, tomorrow, and the next day. This is the theme chosen by the Mount Olivet staff to guide us through our season of Lent. The word today speaks to the moment we're in right now as individuals, as a community, as a nation, as a world. And with tomorrow and the next day, we are twice called to look forward in faith and trust. And paired with the beautiful logo of the plant and its branches, this theme communicates how God's dynamic word lives in our changing world and is present and active in our lives every day. I attended this week's Coming to Ourselves Bible Study gathering with Pastor Kristen and some members of our Mount Olivet community. Noon on Wednesdays, if you want to join this week. I wanted some guidance on how to approach this odd text. And the group advised, give us the context and connect the dots. Help us understand how it applies to our lives. So I'll do my best. Today, The reading begins with a warning from the Pharisees to Jesus, get away from here for Herod wants to kill you. And we don't know if the Pharisees want to protect Jesus or to entrap him with this statement. They have been irritated and offended by Jesus' ministry so far. His healings, his teaching, parables and miracles have violated their standards on how to properly follow God's law. It's a plausible threat that Herod would want to kill Jesus. He has already killed John the Baptist. But despite this likely danger, Jesus dismisses the threat and indicates no change in plans. Jesus says, listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. Jesus is too busy doing God's work to be stalled out. The text study group agreed that it sounded like Jesus was saying, listen, Herod, I don't have time right now for you to kill me. Jesus then insults Herod by calling him a fox. A powerful leader would want to be compared to a strong image, like a lion, not to a crafty nuisance 
like a fox. So that comment likely bruises Herod's ego. In the today we live in, I can't help but think about how the egos of powerful leaders are easily offended and are driven to do almost anything to prove their strength. And isn't that what we are seeing happening in Ukraine? Every day on the news, heartbreaking images. Defenseless people are targeted, hurt, and killed. Homes and businesses and land destroyed. I feel so irritated by the arrogance, so angry at the injustice, so saddened by the grief and loss. And even these many miles away, I feel afraid of what might happen next, how many layers of this conflict that the invasion reveals and sets off. I worry about ways that we are complicit without even knowing it. And I worry that feeling helpless might make us not step up to help. One way to respond is, as Jesus does here, to resolutely stay focused on today, on the call to do the work of God. In our today, in our lives, our experiences, in our families, what does it look like to follow Jesus' example, to keep focused on the call to love and to serve? Tomorrow, how do we move from a frightening today to a hopeful tomorrow? In the reading, Jesus laments over Jerusalem with deep compassion. Lament, whether we hear it in the Psalms or from Job, or from our own hearts. It is fueled by the desire for mercy, for change, for relief. To bother to cry out in protest, one must have hope. And I feel hope in the way Jesus shows us this beautifully, beautiful imagery of God. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. In scripture, masculine imagery for God is common. Father, King, Lord. But here Jesus uses feminine, mothering imagery. She gathers, shelters, gives a hiding place, protects. How could we not find hope in knowing that God loves us like that? We also know that motherly love is fierce. I don't want to get between a hen and her chicks any more than I want to get between a bear and her cub. This image brings both sides of love and loyalty. And we see the wings outstretched and sacrificial and sheltering and protecting. But she's watching. She's ready. We know if that hen senses a threat to the chicks that she enfolds, she will protect those whom she calls her own with fierce, unyielding, unconditional love. We build strength for tomorrow on such trust and hope. Following Jesus' example here means doing what we can to provide unconditional, sheltering protection to those who need it. The next day, 
In this text, Jesus calls us not once to trust, but twice. When I look for the and the next day promise, in this text, I jump to the last verse. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Those in Jesus' audience that day would probably have recognized this verse from Psalm 118. And it will be declared to Jesus as he enters Jerusalem and is showered with palm branches. It is a simple confession of faith. And we can live that out in our everyday lives. Many in our world are in great need right now. And many are in positions to help. Martin Luther bids us to be little Christs to our neighbor. And we can do that. That is the next day of this text. That we not only recognize Christ as the one who comes in the name of the Lord, but that we can be one who comes, who acts, who responds, who loves, and who serves in the name of the Lord. Of course, the extreme situation in Ukraine is an immediate need. Not knowing where to start, I visited the ELCA disaster response page as one trusted way for me to share from my abundance. Perhaps you know other avenues, resources, and efforts. Tell others. Together, we can make a tremendous difference in God's name. Overwhelming crises remind us of our interconnectedness, of the needs not only far away, but right here. In this very room, there is both great need and great abundance. On your street, in your workplace, in your schools, the city, KidPack needs your help so that we can provide for children and families. The meal served here every week is the way that we define ourselves as servants, as helpers and sustainers of God's love to our neighbors. God creates us to be in community, to give all a place at the table, to provide shelter and space, to share wisdom, and to live together in God's grace. That is how we can be blessed and how we can be a blessing. Today, tomorrow and the next day. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, to the cross, to the resurrection. We take similar steps of faith, putting one foot in front of the other in trust. We love and are loved today. We will love and be loved tomorrow. We will love and be loved the next day. Thanks be to God. Amen.